Hey guys, welcome back to a bonus episode of Unpopular. I have my friend Cho on today for a Frenemies explainer. I made this for people who aren't really familiar with Trisha Paytas and Frenemies, but would like to know about all the drama going on since it's been all over the news this week. And when I asked you on Instagram, everyone wanted me to do this. So here it is. Uh, I'm also a longtime Trisha hater and I've been wanting to do this for a long time. So this is just good timing. Uh, My regular episode is also out now. It should be in the feed if you're subscribed or following the podcast. Uh, In that one, I just ranted for about an hour about The Housewives, The Bachelor, Hunter Biden, and some other stuff. It was a lot of ranting this week, so I'm actually glad that I kind of had this fun uh, episode out with Cho, because I actually exhausted myself in the other one. Uh, remember to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at UnpopularJP. You can also support the show at buymeacoffee.com slash UnpopularJP. As always, the links are in the show notes, including where you can follow Cho. Uh, so yeah, that's about it. Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoy this. I've got my friend Cho on today. He is a Twitch streamer, he's a podcaster, and he's here to break down the fall of Frenemies with me. How are you? I am fantastic. It's been a lovely weekend, and I'm just, I'm vibing. Like, (laughs) either you get the vibe or you don't get the vibe. And I am vibing. Yeah, we met on Twitter. I think we met through, like, K-pop Twitter initially. And I think so. Yeah, and then we bonded through politics because, like, I feel like we both agree about, like, supporting third parties and ending the, the two-party duopoly. And then we both watch Housewives as well. So it's, like, rare to find someone that likes K-pop politics, gaming, and reality TV. We have so much in common. I don't know how we're not soulmates in dating right now, but... <laughs> Well, you've got a man, unfortunately. I know. Yeah, you know, I've been wanting to talk about Trisha for actually a few months. It's weird because I've brought guests on and then I've tried to bring it up and they haven't really known who she is, which kind of surprised me. But, okay. you know, I had Shallon Lester on, who is a YouTuber. You know, she's been cancelled before and everything. So I thought she would be across Trisha because they're both like controversial, but she doesn't right. pay attention to other YouTube people. And then. Oh, who else? Did- I had someone else on. I brought it up, but like they weren't familiar. It's funny because I uh, I put out on Instagram. I'm like, well, do you guys want to hear me talk about you know Trisha and frenemies? Because I've had an issue with frenemies and Trisha for before even this whole thing went down, and I've yeah. kind of been like bursting to air her out because she's been on top of the world with frenemies being like the biggest podcast on YouTube. Like everyone loves it. I could see through it all the whole time. And I really was like, I want to get on my podcast and like rant about this, but I had no one to talk about it with. And then when this whole thing, when it like imploded, I'm like, okay, let me get Cho because (laughs) you are familiar with the, the whole, like, you know, the YouTube world because you're on YouTube and social media. And I specifically, I am deeply entrenched in beauty drama. So for those that don't know, I have a very small YouTube channel. I do a very niche commentary. I do commentary on skincare, but I got the idea because I was so big into the beauty drama, the James Charles, the Jeffree Star, and Trisha Paytas was like in the mix of all that. So They're like a very specific part of YouTube because they are like those kind of, they're all in like a clique. It's very high school. They're always feuding with each other. There's always drama. It's like kind of like watching a reality show because it's like, and you never know when they're having fights and stuff. You're like, wait, is this real? Or have they just conspired to have a beef for clout? Yeah. Like, it's very strange. And I put it out on Instagram. I'm like, guys, do you want to hear me talk about Trisha? Because I really want to. But mm-hmm. most of you don't even seem to understand who she is. And I got all these responses of like, no, we want to know about the drama. And I think you and I have always been on the same page about Frenemies with like, it's been like the biggest, hottest podcast and people love it. But like, I always saw them as bullies. And I think you did too. Me too. Now, I, I think that... and. Okay, so bullying is a bad thing. The people they bullied, I think, are terrible people. But I don't think that we should be advocating that people bully others, no matter their circumstance. And I think that seeing them capitalize off of other, uh, off of tormenting other people, is not a good look. Yeah, and I understand. Just not. 
Yeah, and you can do it. Like, I understand when YouTubers like expose people because, like, they definitely like expose some people that deserved it for sure. Like, they would call out some like horrible people, but it was like every episode, I was like, what, what is going on? Like, every single episode is about now we're feuding with this person. Like, it was so toxic and gross. And I didn't well, see because the difference is you can expose someone for justice and for truth. But they seem to um, indulge in being malicious. And that's the difference between reporting on something and exposing someone because they've hurt others and then indulging in the demise of other people. That's the big difference. Yeah, that is such a great point because you actually shared with me and I watched it. You shared with me the Taylor Lorenz expose, which was like a 70 minute takedown of this New York Times journalist, Taylor Lorenz, who is she's an absolute psychopath and it was done so well because it was really done from like a journalistic point of view and just about she's doing harm and here are the receipts whereas something like frenemies it's like it's about the drama of it it's about let's cancel this person and we'll use it to get our channel up yeah Yeah. they're really they're really trashing it's so self-serving too it's i've had a problem with people I've called out people before like some of the social justice warriors and everything people think they're so woke but I'm like they're doing all this shit just to, like, expand their brand and, like, climb to a next level. Like, they don't actually care about, like, the social justice part of it. They care about kind of, like, exposing people and cancelling people so, like, they can further their own career. And that's what I always have a problem it's with. It's performative. And it's it's performative. And it's, it's really annoying. It's just people do it from self-serving incentives. Yeah. Um, and it's usually pretty obvious when people are doing that. Yeah. And, you know, now I'm going to make myself look bad, but um, Frenemies was so big, right? If you're not on YouTube, maybe you didn't know it, but like, so this was the hottest podcast on YouTube. And I actually watched it at the start because I think at the very beginning, I actually thought it was cool because I knew H3 podcast. I thought it was good. And I had even pitched and like an Australian version, not with the cancelling and all of that, Mm -hmm. but an extra because I had a, um, I knew a person with a Trisha esque personality. Right. And, I was like, oh, we'll be really good together if we basically do an Australian frenemies. I'll be the Ethan. You know, you're the Trisha. Like, this is going to take off. And then it's funny because it kind of got to a point where you talked about it a little bit. And then I really dropped the idea because I was like, you can't work with a Trisha type personality. Like, it's going to come back at you. And I was like, because you have to always be watching for the dagger. Like, mm. in your back. You have to always oh, watch for it. Let's yeah. just, like, start with, like, who Trisha is, because I feel like a lot of people, if you're not familiar with her, I guess I would call her, like, an OG of the YouTube world. Like... 100% OG. Yeah, like, Trisha, Chris Crocker, like, Quaddy, how... Do you remember Quaddy? I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he was a Tamaya. He was really big, like... Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was, like, an original. They were really there at the start, and they kind of... I guess they started that style of vlogging in some ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and she did a lot of, in the beginning, I know she did a lot of, like, beauty and advice videos. She would do unboxings of, like, Jessica Simpson collection. Yes. And and I remember, because I remember back in the day, you'd see her videos popping up around, and she really played this image of kind of, like, your typical, I would say it's, like, a typical, like, ditzy you know, blonde, tanned, like, Republican, American, like, that was her thing. And she, like, leaned into it. And she got on a lot of TV shows and stuff at the time, too. Like, I know she did, like, oh, yeah. Dr. Phil. Dr. and like Phil. She would do anything, basically. Like, any gig. Any game she show. She was very opportunistic and very intentional with trying to get onto any show to get exposure. I mean, she's the quintessential, um, any attention is good attention. Oh, yeah. Quintessential. Yeah, absolutely. And she's also, like, to give her credit, so she's thirsty as hell, but she is really, really savvy. And she did pioneer a lot of stuff with her YouTube channel. Like, her style was very original. Like, she kind of did these videos. It's, I don't know when it turned, but at some point she started doing these videos where she would, like, cry and go on, like, on a kitchen floor and cry and rant about things. And I think she was, like, one of the only people doing that. Um she, I think she actually popularized the the mukbang videos in Muk the Bang West. Mukbang three times, Trisha Paytas. Yeah. yeah, because mukbangs were already huge in Korea. Like, I'm a big K-pop fan, so I was mm-hmm. across them. But sh- I think she was, like, one of the first to start doing it, like, in the sort of American YouTube oh, space. Yeah. I do think she was also one of the first celebs to join OnlyFans because I remember 
Yeah, because I remember when only like now OnlyFans are so common, like every second person has an OnlyFans. But yeah. I remember when it first came out, I didn't know a lot about it. And then I saw she was on it and it came up on like Pornhub or something. And I remember being a bit shocked, like, what? Like, why would someone that is already kind of famous mm-hmm. and has a following start doing, you know, porn? And I remember looking right. up her, her, um, some of the clips on Pornhub just out of like curiosity and like she was like going there like she she was doing it all oh my god if you've seen I've seen some of her videos lately it's like did she spread (laughs) oh girl she I mean I saw one where she said I'm gonna show you how to squirt and I mean she was obviously pissing but Mm -hmm. she does everything and you know Trisha's sort of famous as well for like she'll come on camera with like no makeup looking really ugly but and, you know, show all of her flaws, like, in her OnlyFans videos, you can see, like, the scars from her boob jobs and, right. you know, the the rolls, the cellulite and everything. And she's all about, like, putting it all out there, which is cool because, you know, we ha- do live in, like, this society where everyone is so kind of, like, airbrushed and stuff. So, it's cool. But it also shows... I guess the type of personality that she has is there's like nothing, nothing is off limits. You know what I mean? Like nothing. Like she'll be pissing on camera with the most unflattering angle. And if like that's going to get her a check on OnlyFans, like she'll do it. Like there's, I don't think there's anywhere she won't go. I think she is purely motivated by money and whatever emotion she's feeling at that time. Yeah, we were were talking on uh, in the Twitter DMs about how she's a strange mix of Someone who's clearly mentally ill, she's open about that. She's mentally ill, but also at the same time completely calculated and and manipulative. And it's a really, you don't always know if it's the mental illness or if it's the, she's just being savvy and playing you to like get a check. Yeah. Um, And that's what makes her so toxic. Because on one hand, you want to sympathize for people that have mental illness, right? Yeah. But then you don't want to sympathize for someone that is being a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it's and, like, which one do you think it is today? You know? Yeah. And she will weaponize her mental health. I mean, we're going to get into this, but with the whole frenemies, this thing falling out, she's doing it again, but constantly weaponizes right. her mental health to justify, you know, horrible behavior, um, to explain away, you know, anything like offensive or problematic she does. Uh, she'll go, oh, that was a, I was having a mental health episode. Like at one point during her YouTube career, she started doing these like very like trolling type videos to get attention. And first it started off, it wasn't that bad. It would be a lot of like, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a proud Republican. I'm supporting this person, which I mean, that's not really that edgy, but I guess for sort of younger people, they freak out over that. And then it turned into like, uh, I'm coming out as transgender when clearly she's not transgender. She changed her ethnicity at one point. She said she was black. Um, I can't. (laughs) I I can't. I rewatched some of that video, actually. But then later on, she will go, well, that was just trolling. That was, I was on drugs when I recorded that. I don't remember. Like, she always has an excuse. It's mental health. It was drugs. It was trolling. Like, But the videos are still up. Yeah, the videos are still up, getting money. Get, they're monetized, so she's getting money off them. And, you know, it's funny. This is jumping ahead a bit, but the video where she came out as transgender, that caused a lot of controversy so people were like, you know, you're making light of the transgender community or whatever, like you're clearly not transgender. And this is, she went on Ethan's podcast and this is before they actually became friends. And he, you know, he called her out on it and she goes, I didn't make any money on that video. And he goes, pull up like, you know, your dashboard and everything. And it turned out she made eight grand off it. So she was lying like, yeah, so she... This is someone that is a full liar and most recently since she did go into Frenemies... She became really woke because that's kind of what's popular now. And, you know, like I said, explained away all the videos. Oh, it was mental health. You know, I was a victim. And now this is the real me. And she came out as like non-binary. Any trend there is, like she will do. And I was sitting here seeing it all play out over frenemies and kind of so annoyed because I knew that she's fu- she was full of shit and she's playing everyone and see her go from this sort of person that was kind of like the the problematic person of YouTube that you're not really supposed to like to this right. celebrated lord. But she's entertaining. She, yeah, she I've is. I've watched some of her videos and she's like a fucking shit show. Like, like we all love a train wreck. Um, But you knew that like, she's super problematic and toxic and like i shouldn't actually be friends with this person or like look up to this person 
Well, if you were smart enough, you just knew that it was an act. But the amount of people that were buying into the the recent image overhaul, I was like, um, and let me explain who H3, the H3 podcast is too, for people that don't know. So they've been on uh, YouTube for about 10 years. It's a married couple, Ethan and I actually don't know how to pronounce her name. Hila? Hila? Hila. Hila. Okay. Ethan and Hila. And... Uh, they're like uh, comedians, I guess. They used to do some kind of like political content. I think they actually got really popular kind of around the time that like anti-SJW content was big because they did a lot of that, but their show was good because it's like they did anti-SJW stuff, but not in like a Stephen Crowder type of way. It was still more from the left. It was more of just a f- common sense and humorous so you didn't really have to be like you know a right winger to enjoy it like anyone could enjoy it that's very astute i would 100 percent agree with that for sure yeah and i think they're smart like i liked ethan um you know i wasn't like a regular subscriber but i definitely would like watch clips of him like i thought he was really funny i know that their podcast was huge and someone said to me the other day they were like um well i didn't know h3 was until trisha came so trisha made them relevant and i was like um Mm -hmm. h3 were huge (laughs) he just bought a 10 million dollar place in bel air Oh, I didn't know that. Pre-Frenemies. I looked up that receipt, too, by the way. Oh. So that, was, that was before Frenemies. So Ethan and Ela were somebody pre-Trisha. Now, Trisha did have a huge impact on the growth of the podcast. Like, Frenemies does three times the amount of views as H3, H3 podcast. Yeah, well, when they got together, it was interesting. It was very beneficial for them because... With Trisha's side, it rehabbed her image, so she was no longer problematic and it kind of made her woke. Whereas with Ethan, I think it exposed him to a whole new type of audience because you do have that section of people and they follow the um, the Jeffree Stars, the Trishas, the Shane Dawsons. And like I said, he was a bit more political. Um, I think the content was smarter than a lot of that other stuff. So he got... I guess. And he got probably more like Gen Z type people. He might have had like a little bit of an older audience before, maybe more millennial. I think he did. I think yeah. he did. And, and as uh, someone who, who follows, the, I'm like a part of that like beauty drama community. Like I found myself watching Ethan more often because Trisha was a part of it. Because I knew she's part of that scene that I keep up with. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, she definitely brought numbers to the show. Yeah, big time. And the way that they kind of, the way their relationship started, right? He did a video, one of the most popular ones that has like 12 million views. I watched it, I don't know, a year ago, two years ago, called um, Instagram vs. Reality, where he got a compilation <laughs> of all the airbrushed Instagram models and mm-hmm. compared it with what they really look like. Trisha was one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, which, to be fair, it actually was a little bit of an unfair comparison because she's open about how she really like truly looks in real life but he he put her in that and she took offense to it and then i guess it turned into this big feud so they had this feud for a long time on social media playing out like back and forth of course she would pull her mental health you know this is what makes people commit suicide body shaming and he's just like you know shut up you're a troll um she was like you're worse than donald trump and even when they're feuding with this you don't even know how much of it is real because again like with the youtube community if you're in a feud with someone that's clout for both of you because people like both are winners yeah people like to follow it so you know and then at some point he had her on the h3 podcast where it's like we're gonna hash it out and they ended up having really good chemistry together and then he brought her back so she started sort of becoming a regular and they did this thing it was like a bachelorette parody where they're like we're gonna do the bachelorette but trisha's the bachelorette and in a huge twist trisha then ends up dating ila's brother moses so ethan's brother-in-law now This, to me, off the jump, was so strange when I found out about this because just seeing the type of person Trisha is, I'm like, is this just her, like, seducing the brother because she knows that it's like a a storyline, you know what I mean? It's a storyline for YouTube. Um, And that made a new feud, really, between them. So, again, that gives them more content because then it's kind of like Ethan and Eela, like, don't approve of the relationship and they have this kind of feud that plays out. And mostly because... Ela and Moses have been feuding. Oh, that's, have they? That's the real tea. The, the siblings don't get along all the time. Oh. Like, Moses is not, pl- allegedly, not planning to um, invite his own mother to the wedding. 
Oh, yeah. Well, they're because Trisha and Moses are engaged now, and yes, they started over. doing. They started doing all this content together, and it was like again they were both benefiting because Moses was a nobody. Now he's a YouTube celebrity in his own right. Mm-hmm. Trisha has this, you know, she's got a boyfriend, someone to to vlog with. It's getting everyone clout in the all of them. They're all getting something out of this, and then. Um, you know, suddenly Trisha and Ethan announced, we're doing a podcast together called Frenemies. Like, what a way to cash in, right? Right. And they have Dr. Drew on in the beginning to mediate uh, their relationship like a counsellor. And then I guess it that begins what I guess they portrayed as an authentic friendship. I question it. I never really, I always side-eyed the relationship and thought of it more as business, but- they make this, like, friendship on there and people, like, fans fall in love with it. Like, people become obsessed with them. And they still had drama, but, yeah. like, I know that they would have issues because, like, Trisha would talk shit about Ella and she would, like, walk off the show and stuff. And well, it's, it's interesting. I think people find found the original beginning of Frenemy so intriguing because it's so relatable. I think we've all had that one friend that, we're kind of on bad terms with, but we're still attached to them somehow. Like having that frenemy, we've all had a frenemy before, and yep. to navigate that relationship, the ups and downs, and the passive aggressiveness, I think people found that to be both intriguing and highly relatable. Yeah, well, that was like my friend that I wanted to pitch the frenemies type show with, and then eventually I'm like, this is too much because yeah, you make a really good point about we all do have the. Uh, the, you know, the friend that may be, like, toxic or they're too much hard work, but you kind of get something out of it. It's, like, mm-hmm. fun and you, you stick around with them and, you know, when it's good, it's really good. And eventually you reach a point where it's, like, you know, it's too much. And, yeah, I did watch Frenemies because my friend was obsessed with it. And then one of the early episodes I ended up watching, I remember I watched the whole thing and I'm like, I'm kind of into this. And then- mm-hmm. As the show went on, it started to get, like we mentioned before, more and more toxic and about cancelling people. And, like, one week it's Jeffree Star, then it's Shane Dawson, then it's Gabby Hanna, then it's David, you know, Dobrik, uh, James Charles. And more and more I felt like the episodes were taken up just by Trisha talking about her drama with the YouTuber of the week. Like, and I started to find it so toxic and negative and also one note because it's like how many times can i hear about this and like i said before h3 was kind of like a smart funny show with really kind of insightful you know commentary on things and but you know not too highbrow like but it was like a fun it was a good light kind of pop culture show but with a little bit of substance and now it's like just a toxic whirlwind. And he started getting in on it too, because he had a feud with James Charles, which was very compelling because mm-hmm. I think James Charles like ripped off his designs or something. And he then, did. but Ethan, like they wouldn't drop it. Like every episode, it's like the next part of our, our feud with so-and-so it's like, and it did turn into like a kind of a bullying situation. Cause I'm like right. now, and I felt really with Trisha as well, probably like ranting a bit now, but she had been, previously the problematic outcast of YouTube that other people wanted to cancel and that other people talk shit about. So then seeing that now that she's got some shine and she's gotten popular again, and then how she was treating other people who, yes, were problematic, but I'm just thinking, well, you've been there too. And now you're on your your high horse. And what, because you have mental health issues now, we just have to pretend that you've never been like a controversial figure before. Right. (laughs) And- as well, while I'm seeing the show play out as well, I really got turned off Ethan because I follow him on Twitter and I would see like every week on Twitter, he'd be like quote tweeting Trisha like, oh, you're my best friend. You're incredible. I just never knew that, you know, such a friendship could evolve from this. And, you know, I love you. You're um, going to be a sister-in-law. Like, and I'm like, this is fake. Like, this is, they're performing for the fans. I'm like, who was falling for this? Uh- <laughs> Millions. Yeah. Millions. Millions. I mean, even just watching the feedback of how people have reacted to the podcast ending and they're like, you know, it meant so much to me. I watched it every week. It was my favorite. And I'm thinking, you really fell for this? Like, People are hurt, honey, about this podcast, (laughs) like failing. It's it's serious. It's very deep. 
I know. Well, I mean, it's even, I think the, the story made it into page six. Like, it's in, like, it's gone mainstream, which is very hard for YouTube personalities to do. Like, I think Jeffree Star and James Charles are, like, two of the only people that do, but right. it's it's not easy. And then I feel like Frenemies, this is just in recent weeks, it's, like, peaking or, it's, I mean, it's gr- it's getting bigger every week. It's, like- right. The biggest thing, they have a huge merch drop coming. They've got all this merch that they've bought. They're about to make God knows how much money. And then Trisha and Ethan fall out during an episode. I think this was earlier this week, wasn't it? It was literally, I think, Monday. <laughs> yeah, it was like not that long ago. Like a couple of days ago. And I don't even know how to describe this fight. Like, I guess it's like a normal episode. And then Trisha starts... I guess, criticizing a lot of stuff about the show. Like, she starts saying that some of the segments are dumb. Um, She says that she doesn't want to do this advice segment. And then, um, I guess, did she bring up the the percentage, the money on air? She brought everything up. I mean, she literally, from what, watching it back a couple times, it looked like she blacked out. Like, a light switch, like the Gorga switch, like Teresa Judice, Judice, like, the Gorga switch went off, and, like, she just saw red. And everything that she could think of, she wanted to tear down and be malicious about towards Ethan. I mean, she talked about the percentage split and how that was unfair. She talked about the 5%, how that wasn't fair. Talked about the segments and how much she hated that. It was It was awful. It was pretty awful. Yeah, and it was, and she also she did the again manipulative. I think um, he goes, "Oh, why are you so angry?" Because he's like, "What?" Is, and she's like, "I'm not angry. I'm literally just telling you how I feel." Like she was clearly angry, and then she's like, "You're literally gaslighting me now." And he says, "The fucking gaslighter." Like I, what? <laughs> she's the what? gaslighter in chief. And okay, can you explain? I don't even know how to break this down because there's so much to this. Okay, this. What is she explaining when she starts saying that? I think he takes 55%. Actually, you know what? Before we get into that, uh, they have this fight. She ends up, they end up ending the episode early. And instead of addressing it like, you know, grown adults or working it out between them, Trisha goes straight on YouTube on her own channel and goes, I'm quitting Frenemies. This is why, goes on a whole rant about saying, um, but she does it in a way where she sort of tries to act like she's not trashing Ethan, but she is. Like, she words it all in this way where she tries to act like, I don't know, she, it's just she does it in a really manipulative kind of way. And she says that, you know, I brought all these ideas to the show and they constantly shot down my ideas. And um, I was just confused about the the split because uh, he was taking 55 and I was taking 45 and I didn't understand why it wasn't even. And... Then she starts, um, I think he may have responded in a tweet. She goes on Twitter and she starts posting the private text messages between them, which everyone knows. Like, that is, that's where the line is. Like, even if you're having the biggest feud with them, you don't post the private messages. Don't do that. It's the, it's the biggest, it's like the biggest no. And then Ethan comes back and he drops a 45 minute video about quitting. And in comparison to her video, which by the way, she did follow up. So at this point, I think she's done maybe five. I think it's like two and a half to three hours worth of content on this with, which is, it's like rambling, it's crying, it's lying. It's hard to even make sense of what she says. His video, 45 minutes, makes perfect sense from beginning. Calm, collected. Yeah, and seems sincere. I mean, I have my problems with Ethan, but seems pretty sincere. And okay, first of all, can you can you explain the forty five versus fifty five? How that works out? Hey, it's it's super simple, actually. So, first of all, they do not have a fucking contract, which is why this is a huge issue oh. to begin with, guys. Public service announcement. If you are going into a money-making venture with another person where you have some type of ownership over it, you need to have a contract, especially a long-term business deal like this where you're making millions of dollars. But um, too long, didn't read version is Ethan gets um, 55% of um, the AdSense merch, Basically everything 
um, memberships. Um, but he also, in addition to this, gets um, exclusively all of the highlights. So they have two different channels, the H3, H3 podcast frenemies. And then they also have a, a, a YouTube page where they just post highlights. And he gets all of that. And with their thing, so she's arguing because she wants she wants it to be 50. But the difference is that he's saying, I get the extra 5% because my company, H3 Productions, produces the entire show. So yes. he's like, they do it in their studio. So if they use his studio, his production team. They do it all. She... Just uh, she just shows up to record or sends messages on the Discord about maybe yeah. what she might like to do, and that's about the extent of her involvement. But then she's trying to argue about this five percent, and you know, to me, it reminded me of people in my life that do have the similar Trisha personality, where they will just try to find something to latch onto mm-hmm. because they're so addicted to that chaos, like they can't. They can't have things go smoothly. Like, they have to find something to argue about. And I know that she had argued about where they were, like, filming, like, the studio. Because I think that they went, did they buy another studio or something they were going to move to? And then Trisha said, no, I can't. I won't go there. Yes. But Ethan had already bought. So, this is where he got caught up in a little bit of manipulation and lies. He tried to make it seem like they bought a new studio for Trisha. But they had actually bought this studio before frenemies even began and it was always a part of the plan for them to move there the whole issue with this is i i can understand why trisha is upset about some of the business deals and why the environment is the way it is however her concerns should have been made at the beginning of this entire process what she does not realize is that she is the talent she is not an owner whatsoever she does not pay any expenses for any of the production so this frenemies podcast is owned directly by ethan he's an owner trisha is not a partner she's the talent so she gets paid a commission and that's it she doesn't get any say in hirings firings spending allocation of any money she just shows up and gets paid now it's unfortunate that you know a year later now you want to start behaving like an owner, but that's not how business works. (laughs) And to play it out on air, which is so unprofessional, and then to start making about petty things. So, one of the issues that they had, right, was that she didn't like the crew, like the crew that he was using. And this is where they got caught up on semantics. So, he came out and he said, Trisha wanted to fire the crew and she just wanted to get a new crew. And he's like, well, you don't do the hiring. I don't have to tell you who I hire. They're my crew. They're my production company. We do the show. You don't have a say in that. And she came out with her own thing of saying that the crew, I don't know, made her feel uncomfortable or something. And I can't remember why it was that she didn't like them. She didn't like the crew, but they got caught up on this thing because he said she wanted to fire the crew. She goes, I never said I wanted to fire the crew. And I think Which I like- believe she never said those words. I definitely believe that. But I also know that what she wanted was an entirely new crew for Frenemies. She wanted she- it to be separate from H3 Podcasts, which is understandable. But what she doesn't understand is it's too late. The ship has already fucking sailed, honey. Like Yes. And what she it seemed like what she had been saying as well, because I think he had these examples of her criticizing the crew mm-hmm. was okay, she didn't technically go, I want them fired, but she said everything but that. So it was like the implication was there. You right pretty much said it without saying it but again someone like her that is so manipulative and again like i've dealt with this before is they find the like one thing where it's not a hundred percent and then they she made the fight all about that ethan's a liar i never said i wanted to fire the crew right. and then she's ignoring all this other stuff going around like her behavior the way she was like gaslighting him the way she went and aired out all of his text messages all the in one of the text messages she said that he was being dewy for <laughs> haggling over money like so so many things and then she tries to make it all about this one thing of like did i want the crew fired or not which it's just such a deflection tactic she got he aired out one thing that she lied about like i said she'd already lied previously when she said she didn't make money on the video about coming out as transgender when she actually made eight grand so that was a lie there but he exposed a thing that she lied about because 
they would do so if you've never seen Frenemies, what they would do is each episode they would dress up in like a crazy costume. Like it'd be a different costume each week. And she had said during her little meltdown on air, I think it was on air or on Twitter, I can't remember, but she said she didn't like the costume. They were doing um I think it was Uncle Festa and what was the the Joan God, what's her name? From the uh thingy's brother. Oh sorry, the sister. Um you know the Adams family movie, she's the gold digger that yeah. goes after. Yeah. They were they were dressed as that. She said that she didn't understand the costume, she didn't like the costume or something. And then he aired the Discord message and she goes, Oh my god, it's one of my favorite movies. I want to dress up as them. So it gets she, she's a fucking liar. Like she's she'll a liar. And she lies very easily too. Like it's like it comes quite naturally oh, to very her. Very natural. And And you know what? I'm gonna give her a little bit of credit too. I also think that Trisha is a people pleaser. And I think that people pleasers tend to lie more often. And I say this only because when she exposed all of the text messages about the initial um, negotiations over like what split they would have, she agreed to everything. So he started off by saying 50-50, then he was like, no, 60-40. And she was like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. She was totally okay with everything he said. Like, even though I looking back i know she wasn't like i know she wasn't okay with anything that he said and so i think that's a part of her problem maybe mentally is that like she wants to please people in the moment so she'll just lie and then when it's advantageous for her to maliciously attack someone she'll go back circle back and say no i didn't i wasn't okay with this like yeah, well, you bring up when you bring up the thing about not having a contract, which I actually feel like no one's mentioned that, and I didn't even think about it. And then it's like, oh my god, obviously, because their contractors texting, oh, do, what do you reckon, fifty five, forty five, like <laughs> text message. fucking text yeah. message. <laughs> and to think that they had this show that is so big, the hottest show on YouTube, millions of subs for both of them because it re- it rose both of their profiles, and oh, yeah. they're about to do a huge merch drop. I think he said it was like 40 grand worth of merch or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is another thing as well with how kind of irresponsible she is, though, to have this meltdown at this time because they're about to do a huge merch drop. Like, yeah. So, and but again- she doesn't have any of the responsibility like Ethan does. Yeah, so that all comes back on him. So if that merch doesn't get sold, that the cost That's comes out of HD Productions. I mean, it's just so insane to me that these people that claim to be so smart and run these multi-million dollar businesses don't have fucking contracts. Listen, I'm uh, I have less than like a thousand fucking subscribers. I have one employee already that I made sign an NDA. Like, <laughs> I have lawyers. Like, I have shit. <laughs> like, NDA. Like, I don't, I don't play because. Just like prenuptial agreements, um, business contracts are necessary to set healthy boundaries. Um, I do a podcast on love and relationships, and one of the biggest things we talk about is having healthy boundaries in your relationships. And that transcends to your business relationships, your romantic relationships, and contracts and prenups make your relationships healthy. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And how much money do you think that they were making, just say from Frenemies? So I guess from AdSense, from Merch. Um... So I want to just like run down. So on my video, I did a video where I talked about Trisha's new skincare line. And my comments were flooded with not about the skincare line, but about Frenemies. And there's a lot of confusion about how people make money as a podcast on YouTube. So I wrote down a couple of different ways they do this. One, they make money through Google AdSense for the podcast. Number two, they make Google AdSense from the highlights. Number three, they have YouTube memberships, people that pay $5 a month. Um, to support them. Number four, sponsorships. That's where they make the bulk of their money. And then number five, merch. Now, I did a rough estimation um, based off of things that I researched um, from other YouTubers, other analytics, and I am estimating that they make, not including merch or YouTube members, I do not have access to that information. They are making $510,000 um, every month. That's so much when you don't even factor in the merch and the and the memberships, which would be a lot. Because people are like people on Patreon and stuff are like cleaning up. So oh, yeah. 
to have the following that they have and to have I think they probably had such an engaged audience as well. For like sure. their audience is the type that like they want to buy that merch. Like I don't know if this was their second merch drop, if they'd already done merch before. I don't know actually. But you know what? The thing is as well that they they used it to promote their other stuff. So he has his Teddy Fresh clothing line, which he plugged all the time on there. So I mean that and that's actually a good merch line. Like you could have oh, Teddy yeah. Fresh stand on its own as a clothing company and people would buy it. Like it's in the description box of every single video. So they've got Teddy Fresh and then she always has something different. So she's got her OnlyFans, which she did promote her OnlyFans on there because she would talk about oh, it. Yeah. Uh she had God, she's well, she's got a skincare line out now, right. which was an interesting Interesting timing. Do you think, okay, I guess this may be a little bit of a conspiracy theory. Do you think she chose to have the breakdown at this point to get the skincare line exposure? Or do you think it just sort of coincided like this? I think it just coincided only because when you look at the amount of money she's making on Frenemies, it dwarfs what she's going to make off the skincare line. And I just want to say, like, after watching Ethan's video, and again, I feel like I've been a broken record trying to bash Ethan. People think that I'm like on Trisha's side. No, I'm not on Trisha's side at all. She's 90% wrong in this argument. But I find it to be highly manipulative that in his video, he made it seem like he was broke or like he's not making any money, that all the money he's made from Frenemies is being poured back into the production. That is not fucking true. I'm sorry. It's just not true. I just broke down that they are making five. $510,000 a month, <laughs> not including merch or memberships. There's and, no way he's spending that much money. Yeah, that's a good point. And also, I think that, you know, for them, they kind of don't, especially with Ethan, because his image is more like down to earth. Like, I'm just yeah. like, I'm an average guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm fat. I don't do my hair. I'm right. just like, I'm just a dad. I'm fat so, and ugly just like you. Yeah. So, you know? when you know that he's out there, like, just making all this bank. Like, I know that Trisha likes to show off her wealth a bit more because right. that's kind of part Ethan of her doesn't, image. Though. Yeah. So, he does it. And yeah, I, this whole thing made me see Ethan in a different light from even before the fallout, like I said, because I could just, one, I'm like, Ethan, you're a bit of a sellout because you have allowed Trisha to take over your brand and make it very toxic when tainted. it wasn't toxic. She really tainted his brand for sure. 100%. And just like I said, the fakeness on the social media, because I'm like, this is fake with you kissing her ass on Twitter every day just to for cloud of retweets and stuff. Right. And I think as well with the fight and the way that they argued and some of the stuff that came out, it really did expose that they were never close friends. They Their communication off the show was about business of like, um, okay, right. can we do this for the show? Like, when's the merch coming or whatever? Right. They weren't like hanging out as like besties. If they did, and if the fans saw it, that was obviously just there for content to like play right. into the brand. Like, these aren't like best friends, even though they'll go on fucking Twitter and go, oh my God, I just love you. You're my future sister-in-law. And but see, that's the problem. The problem is they were never friends, and they neither of them have any fucking regard for their partners, who are siblings. Oh, that, that's, that's the a fucking problem. Yeah, well, especially Trisha. Like, because, oh, I mean, yeah. look, Trisha kicked this off. Trisha aired out the text. Like, Trisha crossed the boundaries and the lines so many times, and you think your fiancé, Moses, is – that's Elis brother like what are you doing with the family issue now like you're just driving a wedge like what position is moses in now it's just when she called Ela a cunt i don't know how moses is still with her that's a yeah i just don't know how he's been able to forgive her for that for people that that don't watch frenemies there's been multiple instances of trisha saying nasty things to Ela, like many times like, not just one-off. So, yeah, like you said, it's dropped the C-bomb. I think she said – I don't know if she said anything about her parents. I don't know. She was whinging on that – when they had that breakdown, that fight, she was whinging that Ethan had spent too much time talking about her pregnancy announcement or something. It was just yeah. – sh- she picked at her a lot, at yep. Ela a lot. She called her and- a bad mom because she has a nanny. <laughs> no, literally. I yeah, mean, literally. I know. It's awful. So- it's really awful. And then that's also, like, Ethan still went ahead and did it, like, for the money. 
You know what I mean? It's all about the money. Both of them can sit here and tell their audiences that this is not about the money. It is all about the money. 100%. And what is this much money on the line? It's all about the money. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what do you think for the future? So, one, she has now started because she's such a psycho on Twitter is saying that she's like happy to come back and do like a farewell episode to sell the merch. I know. Do you think a, do you think she'll be back for another episode? And do you think she's going to last with Moses? Or do you think that when Moses doesn't become useful for her anymore, like he'll be tossed aside? Oh yeah. Moses is just, this is just a new chapter in her story. Like this is just a new season. Like, but there's multiple seasons later with other men. She's converting to Judaism and all this stuff. She's a Jew now, and we love that for her, and she's great. Um, but no, this that relationship I don't think will last. But of course she will return to Frenemies. Of course she, because she has nothing to lose by returning. She, she has only to gain monetarily from returning to to the podcast. Now, will Ethan let her return? Is the money going to be um, as important to him? I don't know, but I I do think that Ela, I think she may put the brakes on it this time. I think Ela may have had enough and be like, Ethan, fuck the money. Our Bel Air mansion is paid for. <laughs> we don't need Trisha. We don't need that trash in our life anymore. Yeah, I think once you get to the point of you've gone on social media and aired out someone's text messages, that's kind of a like, you can't go back from there. Because now it's like, I can never trust you again. Yeah like ever. And uh, yeah, I don't think she's going to last with Moses. One thing about Trisha is that like, she's been in the game for, I don't know, 15 years or something. To last that long on YouTube is so incredibly difficult. One of the only other people that's been able to do that is Jeffrey Star, who now is going through you know, uh, I wouldn't say he's been cancelled because he's sort of, yeah. he's a little bit uncancelable, but he's like on the brink because people are trying. I think the views are down now. Like His views are down. He's not the superstar that he used to be. Um, Trisha ended him, by the way, because it was really Trisha's feud that she played out on Frenemies with because she went on something with to Vegas with him and she got bullied by Jeffrey and Jeffrey's hairstylist or something. They bullied her. Well, ironically, it didn't even involve Jeffrey. From what I remember, it was just That's the, true, it was the yeah. hairstylist that said nasty things about her, and he didn't defend her. Basically. Yeah, and that was another person she took down on frenemies. Like she used that platform to just come after people. I mean, and Jeffrey does have a really bad reputation. It's ironic like, that that was the thing that ended Jeffrey. Like that was it. <laughs> like, yeah, really out of ev- <laughs> out of everything. But you know, the people like a Jeffrey and like a Trisha. Mm-hmm. They know how to come back. Like even Shane yeah. Dawson. Shane Dawson was cancelled. He's working on a comeback at the moment. I think I'll be interested to see if it works or not. I don't. I think the, some of the stuff that he was cancelled for is like you can't come back from. Um, even I don't even know how much of it's true to be honest with the things that they say about. Like I remember I watched the D'Angelo Wallace thing on Shane Dawson, which everyone has seen, and some of that stuff I thought, oh my god, that's so bad. But then there was other stuff like D'Angelo Wallace, who's really big on YouTube now. He's big. Mm-hmm. He's the new. He's sort of the new golden boy of YouTube. His videos where he like cancels people. Some of them I think he has some good stuff, but I think he he nitpicks too much in those videos too. He does. Like he'll, he over he goes overboard. And I like hate the- his voice. Sorry, he has a terrible voice. Oh, I like his voice. I, I hate his cute. voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's a little rap bag. I think that he's not gonna. If you build your career as well as he do, like, he does a good job of it. Mm-hmm. But if you build your career on this kind of foundation, I don't know if it can last. At least not in the YouTube world. I think actually for him. He's going to have to cross over to go mainstream and become, like, a mainstream personality. Then maybe it'll be work. Sure. But mm-hmm. I think if he stays in YouTube, his time will come. Because really what he does is not that different to, like, trashy tea drama channels. But he does yeah. it in a way where he presents it more, like, it, it seems kind of... I always feel a little bit conflicted on what to call my YouTube channel. Because I totally embrace the whole drama channel title. But then people want to make it seem like there's some huge difference between commentary channels and tea channels and drama channels. There's not much difference, in my opinion. Yeah, it's pretty much Sorry. the same thing. <laughs> so look, I think we've got to. I think we got to the bottom of this. I hope people 
understand the whole issue now if you weren't across frenemies and trisha trisha will be back i'm sure you can't kill like trisha is like a cockroach like she there's another chapter coming like you said another season of her story is coming she's she's already been greenlit honey (laughs) don't worry she'll be back I hope when she does come back, even if people want to support her for the entertainment factor, which is fine. Like, if, you know, we all love a hot mess. Like, I love HRH. You know, she's my fave. And love her. She, yeah. And she's, like, you know, really out there. But I just hope people don't fall for it with Trisha again. I hope you guys understand that it is an act that, you know, she bamboozled a lot of people with frenemies and she'll yeah. probably do it again. So just... <laughs> I just wish people, like, consumers and viewers would understand that this is entertainment. I think when people really fall down the rabbit hole of, like, these parasocial relationships and they honestly believe that these people are hyper-genuine and they think that they're very honest, that's when it becomes, like, a little scary. And that's these creators, they take advantage of that. And that's how they make their money, off of these parasocial relationships that they take advantage of. And you know what? One of the things is that The most honest people, they don't hit a level like frenemies because to get to that type of level, you've got to sell out in some way. Like, you really can't be super authentic to hit that peak. Like, you can reach a certain level, but there is a ceiling. And then when you want to go to the next level, like you've got to sell out. Like, even Jeffree Star, who I think Jeffree Star does a really great job with his makeup and stuff, but he he has this, like, fake friendly personality mm-hmm. on the channel that's like not him like it's bullshit right. you know hi how are you it's like we know that you're like we know you're an bitch. asshole you're like yeah the devil incarnate just be the devil incarnate we love you <laughs> like it's fine like i know um well look thank you so much for coming on tell people where they can find you because i know that you've got you have i mean a million channels on everything so channels plug away. everywhere so <laughs> Um, you guys can follow me um, everywhere um, at that Cho, T-H-A-T-C-H-O. Especially my YouTube channel. I'm trying to grow that right now. So I'm doing lots of videos on Hiram, um, Trisha Paytas, all the girls with skincare. Um, and I can give you guys good advice, too. You do have good skincare advice. Like, you've helped me out with, like, a few things. I'm like, oh, should I buy this oh, or should yeah, I buy that? I and yeah. You know what? I haven't. So I got the Paula's Choice, which I loved your recommendation mm-hmm. for that because it's not that expensive either because yeah. I went through a phase where I'm like, I'm, I'm getting sucked in too much by like marketing and everything right. from skincare and I'm just buying the packaging and I'm not buying the product. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm yeah. not wasting it anymore. And you showed me Paula's Choice and it's pretty affordable and it's like good quality stuff. And they don't so, do the whole marketing. Like they're like, this shit just works and that's what's important. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. And you know what? I actually ran out and I recently, I'm such an old lady now because they had all this Ole stuff on special at the <laughs> at the supermarket and I bought the like Ole like regenerate like that's a good line. whip. Yeah. That's a good I, line actually. I really like it because it was yeah. like half price and I'm like, and I'm like, it can't be that bad. And then I got one for the day and it feels really nice, the whip to put on. Like, it just feels good on yeah. the skin. And I was a bit lazy, but when it runs out, I will go back to Paula's choice. No, but I'm so happy you got the Regenerates because that's the one line that I've done research on their products and I don't like Olay in general, but the Regenerous line is like, it's on my buy list actually. So now that I know that oh. you like it, I'm going to actually pick it up myself. It just feels really nice. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, again, it's like another gimmick, but they just whip it so it feels like a whipped cream or something on your face well, in a good way. Texture is important. Texture is yeah, important. It is. All right. Look, thank you so much for coming on, guys. Go follow that Cho. Check out his YouTube channel. I will put uh, the links for him in the show notes. Thanks, guys. Thank you.